Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day you have made. We rejoice and are glad that you are constantly pouring out and pouring forth provision over this spiritual family called Spring of Life Fellowship. This is a safe place, Lord. This is a place where there's love. Father God, there's correction, there's encouragement, there's a passion for the things of heaven. Uh, we're not impressed by the glitz and, and, uh, and what they call the, uh, the bling bling of passing uh, treasure here upon the earth. We treasure in heaven, Lord, where thieves do not steal and rust does not corrode. And, and Father, we pray that you would bless your word this morning over the lives of your people. Thank you for Spring of Life Fellowship. It continues to spring forth a wellspring of life up to eternal life, Lord through your presence and spirit, Lord. Thank you for the families that are in this church, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus who's called them out of the world and washed them and cleansed them and called them the ecclesia, that body of believers that have been separated to do the will of God. They no longer seek the glory of this world, which is passing. They seek of a glory that doesn't fade. Those who do the will of God, will shine ever brighter with each passing moment. Thank you for peace that's worth more than millions in the bank, Lord. Uh, these people that are in this earth that have tons and tons of, of wealth and have no peace. They have no joy. They have no presence of God. They're miserable. They languish and they suffer and they have no hope. They're in this world without God. They have no faith. They have no refreshing. So we pray that you bless this time that we spend in your word. Thank you for Sunday, the day you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you that we can, Father God, feel your presence and your affirmation. Thank you for Spring of Life Fellowship. Thank you for the families. And now, Father God, bless us with a word from the Holy Scriptures, Lord. Bless those words. Anoint them. Let them be good seeds planted in good hearts that bring forth good fruit. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. I want to encourage you this morning that um, you be those with an answer. Everybody's looking for an answer. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. While people are looking for answers, we're saying that in the midst of crisis, the message of God does not change. In fact, it becomes more relevant, more attentive uh, as a light, the Bible says, that burns like a torch in darkness. It's a, a bright light. And so we're told, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Make sure that in your hearts you can hear the heartbeat of God always being ready. This is a continual scenario. And I've had such a wonderful time during this pandemic because people are asking questions. And since people are asking questions, the Bible says we're always ready to give an answer. Or we're ready to give a proper response to everyone who asks 
Why is it that you have hope? What's the reason that you, everybody's having a bad time and you have a good time? There's an expectation. While the world is, the world is looking for all manner of expressions. If you weren't here on Wednesday, you want to hear that message. The scientific community is asking questions. The healthcare community, the financial community, the academic community, education, social uh, community, the political opponents are are asking questions. We're the only ones with answers. We're the only one that have a hope of things that are about to occur that give us great, great expectation of good things to come. And so we must answer these people and we must talk to them with meekness. See, that meekness is something that is so special because it allows you to deliver the message. You don't want to deliver the message as ha, 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 or nanny, nanny, noo, or, or have an expression that is improper. We rejoice with hope. We have an answer. We have a reason. We have a defense. And we're always ready. And I, I've, I, I have seen more people come to the Lord. We, we have been able to lead people to receive Christ in this season like a special season. Where the Bible says the harvest is much, but few are the laborers. So don't, don't make this occasion for you to think about the natural things. Make an opportunity for the supernatural and witness and bring people closer to the Lord. Bring people closer to a relationship with God. Uh, this day I was rejoicing because last week um, I received a video of a rock and roll legend called Little Richard. And Little Richard died this month at the age of 84, 87, something like that. And before he died, he says, listen, uh, Beyonce and JC, they wanted me to sing a song with them because he's a legendary rock and roll. And he says, I can't do a song with you. I'm about to go see Jesus. And I thought that was so awesome. There's people... You know, the, the unlikely, little Richard, you're like, little Richard, isn't that the, yeah, little Richard had a heart for God. He's memorizing scripture. And, and he was telling people, he had a friend that wanted to come over his house with, with, with this new, you know, cannabis. Oh, I have, a, I have a paper that lets me do cannabis. And he says, not in my house. I'm getting ready to see Jesus. So this, this. 80-year-old man who, who came full circle. His father was a Baptist minister. And, and he came back to the faith like the Bible promises. And he passed away a couple of weeks ago this month. And, and he was ready to see Jesus. So that, that is our, that's, that's our mind frame. Uh, we're looking forward to the hope that is in us. With meekness and fear, we're trying to, you know, you might be the person that, that talks to people that need the Lord, and you're the one that needs to give that answer. So the Bible says in, in that manner, um, we, you know, a lot of people want us to answer the question, why are people getting sick? Why is Ravi Zacharias, this world-renowned evangelist, is one of the heroes of our faith who, 
who was one of the most expert apologetics in giving an answer for the faith that we believe, uh, Ravi Zacharias Ministries. Um, and so when you see men of God, and he was just diagnosed with cancer, and the smile, he went to, he tried to get medical treatment, and in the medical treatment, they said, the doctor says, there's nothing else to do for you. That's it. This cancer has gone in your bones. It's all over your body. They go home and get ready to pass away. So uh, the, he took a picture with him and his wife right after he got this, this prognosis, um, this diagnosis. And, and they took a picture. And his smile is like, yes, I, I ran the race of faith. I've finished the fight. I've run the course. I've done in my lifetime what God wanted me to do. From the age of 16 years old that he found the Lord on a suicide bed in India. He grows up to become a man of God and a world-renowned evangelist who, who filled stadiums and, and filled auditoriums all over the world, standing up, holding up the banner for Christ. And now he's ready to go home. He's about to see Jesus face to face. But there's a smile and there's peace in his heart because he's been faithful to the call of God upon his life. So here, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, the Bible says we never lose heart. We never get in a position where things are bad. Even though our outward man is perishing, the effects of this non-eternal materia, material, this, this physical body is diminishing. We don't lose heart. Even though the out man, outward man is perishing, the inner man woo, is, is solid in his intimacy and in his walk with God. The inward man is being renewed day by day. There's no way that you're thinking more about physical things than you are about eternal things. There's no way you're thinking about the natural like Yvette says, my wife says, I need to turn off the television. I need to turn off the news. You know why? Because I need to get some good news and I need to get some relevant news. And 90% of everything that was concerning people in the world and they were running around listening to Dr. Fauci and Dr. this guy and, and these and nothing happened that they said. So all that was wasted energy because they're plugged into the wrong source. Now, the Bible says that in the last days, there's going to be a lot of clouds of confusion. And deception is going to be the newspaper of the day. And, and very properly um, uh, titled fake news. Nothing could be closer to the truth than all the junk so when people rush up to me, and they have, they, they know that I'm a, I'm a proclaimer of truth, and they, sometimes they want to give me things to say, but I, I want to say this stuff right here. This stuff does not fade. Heaven and earth will pass away. The word of God will never pass away. So when people approach me and say, hey, you want to you wanna know something? I said, no. Time out. Don't tell me something. I want to know truth. And I want to know what God says. And so I have to turn off fake news and all the political pundits and all the scientific and all that stuff. I need to listen to God. And God tells me, don't lose heart because the outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17 says that our affliction is light. 
Whatever thing we're going through is small and but for a moment. And it's working for us something. And and this is what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Use it to polish your relationship with the Lord. It's working for us to get ready for God. If staying home for six weeks allows me, and this this is what's happening at my house right now. We have... Brandon about to take the MCAT, which is the medical school entrance exam. Uh, Joshua is finishing his finals with his second year law school. And, and Nick has begun to study for the, for the uh, Florida bar, which is the law school license. Not law school license, the Florida law license to practice law. All of them are on a desk and they're burning their brows. Their eyelashes have fallen off. They, 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 they're just consuming the preparation for this exam. So for seven weeks, the Lord has allowed us who believe in God to perfect our faith, to read our Bibles, to pray more, to, to be in line with God. What a, what a blessing that this time is not a time for worry and fear, time for preparation, time to be generous. I don't... Listen, I don't know if I've told people before, but I don't want to die with a million dollars in my bank account. I want to make sure that I put that out there and that registers in my celestial bank account. I want to be known in heaven as a person who gave and not gave from what's left over, gave in abundance. I want to be known in heaven. I've told the men in this church, be known as generous men, be known as as charitable, caring men that you are constantly, you know, outpouring. Because as you're faithful with the little, God gives you more and you give more. And you're able to be known as a generous person and not a stingy hoarder. How horrible that God would give you refreshing and that you would withhold it. So that being said... We're, we're seeing that this light affliction, but for a moment, all these exams of preparations working for us to get ready with a far more exceeding and for eternity, the weight of glory. So, so while people are, are making, they're, they're, they're making all sorts of formulas and they're not getting ready for God. They're not getting ready for heaven. They're trying to figure out how down here they can maneuver. And so that's not where we're at in that regards. The Bible says, how is it that we're getting polished for these things? How is it that this light affliction and this is but for a moment, man? Listen, as soon as the Lord comes back and it's, it's surely he comes quickly and it's a fast situation and we're right on the cusp. He's working for us a more exceedingly weight of glory with the precious things that don't fade like our faith verse 18 says how is it that we do this because we do not look at things which are seen our focus is not on the earth our focus our matrix our metron is not do i have a bigger house do i have a faster car am i going to get a boat listen to me Ever since we met Jesus, we have a different measure of reality. And our measure of reality is not on the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. My, my, my walk with the Lord is things that people can, they have no idea how precious 
and how significant that is in the eyes of the Lord. For the things which are seen are but for a moment, but the things which are not seen last forever. Last forever. The things which are not seen are the things that God places value upon. He's able to sacrifice his son on the cross, not for your earthly expression, but for your soul, your eternity, your walk with the living God. And so in that regards, we are walking in that manner. But 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says that in the last days... What's going to happen in the last days? It says, um, 1 Timothy 4, sorry about that, guys. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says like this In the, the Spirit expressly says that in the last days, some will depart from their faith. Listen, if the Bible says, and the, the, the Spirit of God is reporting, this is what the Holy Spirit is saying upon the earth. The last days. Some will depart from the faith. How will they do that? They will give heed. They will listen more to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Those who diminish their walk in the faith are listening to the wrong spirit. It should be that if you're listening to the right channels of God's provision, your faith is growing. You're being strong in the faith in times of trouble. We've called this message the crisis, times of difficulty, does not change God's message. What's that mean? That now more than ever, while people are running like chickens with their heads cut off, they look like cats being thrown in the lake, in the pool. Cats don't like water. We who are walking a life of faith are unfazed. Why? Because our affections are not here upon the earth as if this was the last opportunity. We, we see the, the Spirit of God saying, many shall depart from the faith in the last days. And how will they do that? 1 Timothy 4.2. They will, they will start listening to lies and everything that is being poured out in the media are just the, inf the fabricated, inflammatory uh, expressions of hype and emotions to move you. To move you where? To worry. And the Bible says, do not worry. And the Bible says, if you uh, are entangled in the cares of this life, it chokes the seed. So you see what's happening out there. Out there, there is just a diminishing of all the climate to attack your faith. To get your attention on something else. How? By the lies that are being spoken. By the hypocrisy. They tell you, no, we got to save lives. And they, they have killed. It was just said... Um, Yesterday, 600 people died, and people said, of COVID? I said, no, of abortions. But they're not talking about abortions. That's 600 abortions in one day in one city. And they don't talk, and then they say, well, uh, COVID, coronavirus is taking lives. They don't care about lives. 
They, they have allowed abortion clinics to be open through this whole thing, and it continues to be the loss of, of huge lives unspoken, innocent blood shed. And God is looking at this, and he says it's a bunch of hypocrisy. They don't care about life. Why? Because their conscience has been seared. This is the climate of the last days that causes a lot of people to fall away from the faith, having their consciences seared with a hot iron, speaking lies, hypocrisies, walking in deception. And so that's why they'll be uh, falling away. 2 Timothy 4, we said this last week, verse 3, the Bible says the time will come where people don't want to hear sound doctrine. Their, their faith is not on substantive reality. Their faith is on all manner of pleasure and joy and expressions of self-will. There's no sacrifice. There's no obedience. There's no denying yourself. There, there is a, a expression of just, just do whatever you want in any direction. And the Bible says their itchy ears will cause them to heap up teachers. They don't endure sound doctrine. They want teachers to tell them. And we've said it last week on Wednesday. I said this week, I said that I'm listening to all manner of heresy, all manner of blasphemy, things that have no biblical foundation and relevance. It's not founded in the water of God. And people are living there in, in Jesus' name. That's what the Bible says, that these men will say, in your name, we, we preached. And he says, depart from me. You, I never knew you. You, you, never, you never walked in the character attributes of a son, a faithful son, an obedient son, a son who attends to the affairs of his family, to the attention of those where God has placed them. So I'm, I'm thinking, what would cause a prodigal son to come back? The fact that, that God would strip him of every self-reliance. If God doesn't do that in this time, causing man to turn back to God, we have severe issues. The Bible says in verse 4 that they will turn their ears away to fables, to myth, to lies, to things that are not founded upon the word of God. They will turn aside to fables. They will turn their ears from truth. Truth hurts them. Truth becomes a curse to those who hate truth, who don't have a love of truth. So, but, but we have instruction um, for us in verse 5. But you, be watchful. You're not like these people that are apostates of the faith that are falling away that do not endure sound doctrine you be watchful in all things be vigilant and suffer hardships see that's that's endure afflictions don't don't let you easily be falling i was i, I was thinking of jacob when he told the angel he wrestled with i'm not going to let go of you until you bless me that that's the that's the substance of reality for a man and a woman of faith. They're not easily turned away and deprived. They're like, listen, I'm hanging on. I remember the guy who, who, who preached to Billy Graham. He says, yeah, uh, I think he was an evangelist called Billy Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. But he said like this, he says, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to beat up the devil with my hands until I, um, they fall off. When my hands fall off, I'm going to kick them. 
And when my feet fall off, I'm going to bite them. And when my teeth fall off, I'm going to gum them. But I'm not going to be easily overcome. I'm going to fight the battle of faith. I'm not easily turned away. Like Jacob, I'm not going to let go until I'm blessed in the Lord. And that's the spirit of Caleb. That, that he had a different spirit to inherit the promised land. And that's you and I in this day. The men of faith, those who walked in the substance of God. Uh, men trying to find answers today and they want to avoid at all costs. They're, they're trying to flee. If you, if you get to the bottom of what uh, mankind is, is trying to maneuver, the Bible says when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall befall them. So right now, everything that's been uh, formatted in the expression of the climate is how do we find peace and security? And they, they, they're trying to avoid anything that could strip them of uh, their peace and their security. Uh, that would be evil, pain, suffering, sickness. How do I avoid these they say it like a plague. How do I avoid these pandemics? And so they're posturing and moving in the natural. They're, they're, they're not understanding the depth of what God desires. So um, this expression is that they move towards anything that would put them in good health, um, that addresses their finances, the troubles and, and all the things shaking the earth, people says, well, if I have good health and I have finances and I have family, I'm connected to people, I don't want to be alone, and I seek pleasure. So that, that is the most basic human instinct, which is I need food, I need to be alive and well, and, and, and my family, I care about my family, and I have to have provision. Well, guess what? God wants us to go a little bit further than those natural things into the spiritual things. Because on the last day, your walk with the Lord from the womb to the tomb. From the time you come out of the womb until you go into the ground, God wants to perfect something that is not natural food, has nothing to do with money, and it really cannot stop um, the demise of this physical body. Uh, Wellington Moon says, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, guess what, my friend? Part and parcel of a natural life is to do what Ravi Zacharias is doing, is saying, you know something? I'm finished. I'm done doing the will of God here upon the earth. I did what he wanted me to do. I'm out of here. I'm going to go get my reward for being faithful to God. Not faithful in having a lot of houses, having a lot of food, having finances, but being able to do the will of God. And so in that regard, uh, we walk forward into, just I'm gonna close up right now. Um, as men are looking for the carnal expressions of life's existence, the Lord wants him to seek something that is more weighty. At the forefront of your living expression. Last week we celebrated Mother's Day. And I was thinking, okay, every mother gave a life, whether it was male or female, gave birth to a child to live life. What is life? Life is to walk with God. 
to fulfill, to know God and to do his will. How attuned are we in the midst of crisis to grasp on to the message that doesn't change? What is the message that doesn't change? The message that doesn't change is that people are going to perish. At the beginning of this year, it was January 26, we were all watching our TV as the announcement of Kobe Bryant's death shocked the world. How could this man no longer be upon the earth. You know why? Because we're not to be permanently on the earth. It could be the time and the place where we have to say, sayonara, goodbye. I'm, I'm leaving this world, but not overwhelmed with crisis. Why? Because I had focused on 1 John 5, 4, that everyone who's born of God is victorious. I, I've, I've talked to... I've talked to a lot of friends lately, especially my lawyer friends, and I'm telling them, you got to get connected with God. You, 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 you have to have, what the Bible says, you must be born again. You must have an experience where, where God becomes a reality and this reality overcomes the world. You're no longer pressed about food about finances, about community, or, or about um, pleasure, you now are connected with God, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Where, where is the game plan? Where, where is that connection? Where is the electricity bring, being brought into your existence? Your faith. This is, this is where it all comes down to. It doesn't matter about evil. Faith allows you to prepare to confront evil. Our faith overcomes everything this world has brought as a crisis. So I'm not moved by my crisis because God's message doesn't change. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. My faith allows me to overcome any obstacle. And so that's why we must polish our walk with God, our understanding of the word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. If you're going to be healthy, you need to have a, a true nutritional diet in the word of God. I've been very careful during this time to make sure that we're well fed, that we are not tossed to and fro with emotion and, and rhetoric. I, I see so many preachers and they're, they're not, they're going through the motions, they're speaking the words, but they don't have the word for this season. They don't have uh, uh, the heartbeat of God. And so God says in the midst of crisis, don't be looking for a new answer because the message doesn't change. If you, if, you, if you make your walk a little bit, uh, give it profundity, go deeper. Go deeper into not just living on the superficial. Uh, here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 
The Bible says we are God's work. We are God's fellow workers. We're, Paul was saying to the church, we are trying to labor in these affairs. You are God's field. God is cultivating in you that which he seeks to come and reap. Why would you come and say, God, look, I have a whole bunch of money. God doesn't need your money. Oh, God, I have a lot of possessions. God doesn't need your possessions. Oh, God, look, I have, you know, everything is going well. I have a lot of pleasure. God is not seeking your pleasure. He's seeking his pleasure at your expense. We were created for God. And so God wants to come and reap in us. And that's why we're laboring. And let me tell you, last night I was having a conversation. People don't understand the, 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 the battles that we've been waging for 22 years in this church. 22 years laboring for things that people do not value. You know who values? God values. You know who cares? God cares. You know who at the end is going to give us a thumbs up? It's not the natural things. It's the things that were hidden that no one was living for. When I leave my law practice, people are like, this guy's crazy. No, I'm not crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy that you didn't take God serious. You're crazy that you didn't leave everything to follow Christ. You're crazy that you have a treasure above the Lord. The, the pearl of great price. Where he says that a man who found it sold everything he had and purchased the land where that pearl was found. So we're moving in the supernatural. Some people are moving in the natural. And the Bible says that one day they will be seen to be naked, ashamed. They were building barns and filling their warehouses. And they didn't have limits to earthly pursuit. They weren't seeking the things of above. And so here we are God's fellow workers. We're working for God. I'm employed by the greatest CEO ever. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the head of his church. And we're working on his field, which is you, and on God's building, which is you. And we're trying to perfect these things that in the midst of difficulty, the Bible says there, um, verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation, which is Christ, with gold, silver, and precious stones, if you add in your faith things that are precious, those things will remain. If you, if you build with the, the costliest of materials, these things will be tried by fire. And those who build with wood, hay, and straw, like the three little pigs, your building is going to burn. Verse 13. It says, each man's work will declare what it is. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work what kind of it? What sort is it? How did you build in your faith? Was it leftovers? Was it once a week? Was it every day? Was it every minute? Was it every minute of the day? Were you conscious of the fact that everything you do, everything you say, everything you think will be revealed on that day when we stand before God? Verse 14. That's the consciousness I have. If anyone's work which he has built endures he has he'll receive a reward if after the fire of God's scrutiny comes and sees what kind of faith you put together how it grew how you cultivated it 
you'll receive a reward. Verse 15. But if you, if anyone's work is burned up, you have suffered loss. He himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So that it is, we're going to stand before God and what your faith is in these times of crisis. I'm not worried about the natural. I'm worried about the supernatural. I'm going to face God. I need to make sure that my life is consistent with having known God. I, I measure up, is my father, does my father have joy? Does my mother have joy? Am I walking honoring my parents? That's the most limited basis. Do I respect spiritual leaders? Do, do I bring a refreshing on their lives? Do I love the saints? Do I love the house of God? Do I suffer when I see the work of God being diminished? We see the church being persecuted all over the world. And so here it is, 1 Peter 1.6. If you greatly rejoice, you can rejoice in this, that now for a little while... Because if need be, you have been grieved by many trials. We're being polished on every side in many directions. Verse 7, why? So that the genuineness of your faith might be revealed. So that the true walk with God is what people see. And people could tangibly see this guy loves God. He walks with God. He obeys God. He loves the brethren. He loves the church. He lays down his life for the things of God. Because your faith which is much more precious than gold that is passing away. Your faith is being tested by these trials as fire. What for? So that you might be found to the praise, honor, and glory when Jesus Christ shows up on the scene. These things are not things that worldly people are considered. Why? Last night we were watching a pagan program. They were making fun of people's repentance. They're like, oh, look at these Christians. Oh, they feel bad about doing this. They feel bad about doing that. The wicked feel bad about nothing. But we are constantly repenting because we want to be found to the praise, honor, and glory when Jesus is revealed. They don't consider faith as something important. And we consider that that's the bottom line. Either we're walking a manner that pleases God or our life is a joke. We don't take the things of God serious. I've made it my habit and my disposition to stay away from anybody who is foolish regarding these matters. I'll stay a million miles away. Why? I don't want to be a part of their destruction. So there it is, my friends. Faith more precious than gold being purified. Verse 8 says, even though you have not seen him, you love him. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice. And with a joy inexpressible, full of glory. This is, this is the highlight of our existence. We'll be, will we be found faithful to the Lord, to the word of God, to the principles of our faith? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even so our faith. So I want to ask you there in Psalm 24, the Bible says in verse 1, God owns everything in the earth. The earth, everything going on. Hey, listen to me. You might not think so uh, the political parties in China and United States and the UN and all these people, the World Health Organization, they think that they run the earth. Oh, Bill Gates, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Listen, the Lord belongs to the Lord. The earth belongs to the Lord. All that's in it 
is God's. The world and those who dwell therein, every human expression is made in the image and likeness of God. You can't forget the creator. People have put their eyes on the creation. But we, we have our eyes on God. Verse 2, it says that the response to everything belongs to God. He founded. He's the one that established all things. Everything that you see everywhere is made by God. Verse 3. So we have a question. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who, who's really those people that are going to stand in a holy place? Who are those people? Verse 4. Our faith leads us to have clean hands and a pure heart. Listen, there's people who play religion all the time. Fine, that's their, that's their folly. But those of us that are in reality and not religion, we want to have our hands clean. We want to have a pure heart. And we don't want to lift up our soul to things in this world other than God. Nor do we speak deceitfully. Nor are we swearing. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, no, you're not going to do much if it's not concerning the things which God calls precious, the things that God wants us to attend to. And so in that regards, verse 5, the Lord says, clean hands, a pure heart, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. That's what we want. Our faith is what something that we, we can attend to, we can polish, we can grow, we can cultivate, we can have different measures of faith that please God. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So I just wanted to leave that as a premise of today's word. That in the midst of crisis, uh, there's a message that doesn't change. This message is that we focus upon the substance of that which God calls precious. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. This is the message that we have received from the beginning. This is the message we have heard. This is the message we've been entrusted to. And we're to be faithful to make sure that we safeguard. If we go to the book of Jude very quickly. In the book of Jude, he says like this. In verse 3, he says, I was compelled to write you concerning our common salvation but I found it necessary to call your attention that you fight earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints you know whatever is happening whatever the crisis is we're to contend for our faith make sure you don't lose it in this season make sure it's more precious than ever more polished than ever more healthy than ever and the way he does so, he tells us in this letter that is written to Jude, he says, I was going to write to you about common things concerning our salvation, but I want you to contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. I was listening to the Billy Joel song this morning where it says, we didn't start the fire. It was long burning before the world was turning all these manners have come down from generations and now they've been entrusted to you as a faithful man and a faithful woman. And it doesn't matter who's a president, doesn't matter about elections and the political parties, it doesn't matter about plague and pandemic. The issue is faith. Is it precious to you? 
And the Bible tells you how to keep it precious in the book of Jude. You could read the rest of this letter. But I want to touch about these last matters in verse 20. As he talks about the many who have forsaken the faith, many who have destroyed it, diminished it, made fun of it, left it. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Make sure that, that you're part of the contribution of things making your faith stronger. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. How do you do that? Number one, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Allow the Spirit of God and you to have intimate communion in times of crisis. Number two, it says like this, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Build up your faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Don't allow your love for God in the expression of your finding pleasure in him. The Bible says that in the last days, men will become lovers of money, lovers of pleasure rather than of God. You know you're withstanding a precious faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So how do I do that? Looking for his mercy. Look for the mercy of God. Look for forgiveness. Make sure that you confess your sins in these days. Make sure that you're calling unclean things unclean and the precious things precious. Verse 22. In your most precious faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. Stay in the love of God and have compassion. This is what I was talking about. Look about around you the people who have needs. Don't hoard. Don't say that you have the need. I have this thing to do. I must do this. Me, myself, and I started looking around about the needs of others around you. Number four, make a distinction. Show yourself to be different. Show yourself to live a different life. You have peace. You have hope. You have love. That comes as a source of your faith. Your faith is healthy. You have these things. Make a distinction. And then it says there in verse 23, reach out to save others. Save with fear. Have compassion on some, but pull some out of the pit of hell. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating the garments defiled by the flesh. We despise the unclean things. We're not walking. We're not laughing. They're not joking. Uh, we're not joking about it. Saving others out of the fire. And then the Bible says, uh, verse 24, having mercy in this regards to him who's able to keep you from falling. You know that there's, we're not doing this on our own. We're saying, Lord, have mercy. You have me in your hand that I might not fall from the grace of your goodness. Him who's able to keep you without stumbling, times of crisis, to present you without fault before the presence of the glory and exceeding joy of the Lord. So those are, those are the things that I wanted to deliver to you today um, with respect to it doesn't matter what's going on, how it's going on, what direction it's happening. You stay strong in the faith and cultivate it and continue to increase in that focus, in that attention. Father, thank you for this day. We ask your blessing upon the families that are part of this church. We ask yourself, to, we ask Lord that you would um, save those who run to you, Lord. 
those who seek your face, those who will desire to please you, those who want to live for your glory. Have mercy, Lord, uh, on those that have not seen, have not heard, have not become born again yet, Lord. We pray, Father God, that in the midst of crisis, we be attentive to the message that doesn't change. For you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we pray, Father God, that when you return, that which is precious in our lives would be found incorruptible, Lord, without stain, without blemish, without diminishing, that we not cast off restraint, that we not um, take, be, be resentful about serving you and seeking the things which honor and bring you pleasure. We pray that you would bless this word in the hearts of your people, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that bring forth a harvest to glorify your name, Lord. And at your coming, Lord, we want to be ready and we trust that you will finish the work that you have begun. In Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, love you, and see you soon. We'll have a 12 o'clock service in Spanish to change the world. God bless you. I love you.